My name is Nick. Uh, I'm from Rockland County, New York, about 30 minutes north of the city. Yeah. Okay. And why are you a Rangers fan? I mean, I was born into this. My parents got engaged at a Ranger game, so uh, there was no choice from birth, basically. <laughs> so as far as being at MSG, how is it like to watch a hockey game, especially now that they might hopefully not be eliminated, but let's see. <laughs> yeah, spirits aren't as high. I was at game one for the win, and that was like nothing I've ever seen before, and the place was literally shaking. But, uh, you know, I'm hopeful, you know what I mean? You gotta think positive. If you think negative, then it won't happen. If you think positive, then it might happen. So that's what I like to employ. And just in terms of, I'm thinking about like the players we have, like Miller, who's like one of the few black hockey players we have on the team, and Reyes. Yeah. So what would you like to see in terms of like diversity when it comes to hockey? If oh, absolutely. Well, look, trust me, if, 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 they all, if everybody all plays like Keandre Miller, then I mean, the more diversity, the better, obviously. He's, he's incredible, he's incredible. He's gonna be one of the best defensemen in the league in about two seasons. Okay. He's already on his way up. My name is Mohammed. I'm from uh, Bronx, New York, and yeah, I don't watch hockey. All right, why why do you not watch hockey? I mean, I'm just purely basketball, to be honest. Yeah. Do you think if we had more people of color in hockey, that would you would probably watch it a little bit more? Uh, maybe, but I don't really think so because no, nah, it just doesn't interest me that much. Not at yeah. Ah, uh, hockey. A sport where there are diehard fans and others not so much. When access to hockey rinks and equipment is not as accessible as a basketball and basketball court, it remains a sport of little interest for young people of color. I'm sure if they knew the history around black people in hockey, it would change their mind. On June 2nd, 2021, the National Museum of African American History and Culture showcased the contributions black athletes made to hockey. Not only were various hockey artifacts shown, but the gallery includes a statue honoring the first black player in the National Hockey League, Willie O'Ree. So what history do black people have with hockey? Let's find out. I'm Miss Mack, and this is Hall Pass Break. During this time, people were still wearing masks, so the voices you hear may sound muffled. Dr. Damian Thomas, who is a curator of sports at the museum, talked to the media about opening the exhibit. In terms of the takeaways that people get from the hockey case, one of the great things about opening a museum and sharing your ideas and your perspectives is that you really don't know what people are gonna take. And so what I'm excited about is seeing how people respond to it and see what are the points that they focus in on so that we're able to amplify those ideas and to share them with others as they come through the museum. And so opening a museum gallery in a space is a shared process where as the curator, I don't get to control what people see and how they see it. My job is to give people things to think about, and I hope that they think about it in a comprehensive manner so that the lessons that they see in the sports gallery 
they apply them to what they see in the slavery gallery, in the segregation gallery, in the music gallery. And I hope that sports plays a, a, an important part to helping fill out a much larger story. And I really believe that the hockey case will support that mission. Before opening up to questions, Dr. Damian Thomas spoke about hockey and its history. Hockey case takes us all the way back to the period of enslavement. Thousands of African Americans escaped from slavery, fought with the British during the American Revolution and the War of 1812, and then left and migrated to Canada. And we're excited to be able to share that story as well as the story of the Ice Hockey in Harlem program and the Fort DuPont Hockey Club, which are two of the largest and oldest organizations that use hockey as a form of personal development in inner city communities. The last story that we focus on in this case is devoted to the current situation regarding black players in the league. In the last 10 years, we've seen a significant increase in the number of black players, but it still remains quite small. And so it's gonna be interesting to see how the sport evolves as people of African descent become more involved in the sport at the highest levels. And I'm open to taking any questions. Yeah, good morning. Um, I, I, I've never heard of a black hockey league in Canada. That's, that's remarkable. Um, um, how long is it still in existence, or when did it end? You know, the, the, the Color Hockey League in Canada, um, how long did it exist? Is it still in play? Or? Well, you know, when people escape to Canada, they often face similar levels of segregation as they faced in the United States. And so the Hockey League was, the Colored Hockey League was created um, based upon the fact that they were excluded from other leagues. So it was founded in 1895 and existed in some form till about 1930. The league really tailed off in the early 1900s, around 1904 and 1905, when there was some racial animosity in Halifax, and the team lost a lot of its press coverage. But they continued to play until until the league folded in 1930. Yes? Was there an attempt to redevelop the league, uh, any other minority uh, black hockey leagues and that tried to open in the United States? You know, you had the Negro League and the baseball and things. Was there ever an attempt to open one in the United States? No. There wasn't a, a color hockey league in the United States. Um, one of the things that, that we start to see is that there's more involvement at the youth level beginning um, much later in the 1960s and 1970s. So well beyond the era of segregation. So good morning. I wanted to ask in regards to the exhibit itself and um, I'm thinking in terms of students, a lot of times we are we don't really see black um, hockey players. They're very few and far between, but this is a remarkable. So what do you hope that um, if educators come with their students that young people will take away, especially um, since hockey is not really, uh, that is an expensive sport for them to usually play? What I hope educators and students take away when they come to the gallery 
is I hope that they realize that sports matter, and they matter far beyond the playing field. And for me, hockey is an interesting entry point to the history of slavery. And it provides a way to think about how all aspects of society are influenced and affected in that institution. And so that's the number one takeaway, I hope, that, that, that people get from looking at this case and looking at the gallery. Additionally, I hope that students see that people are watching. People are looking at what athletes are doing. So as they move up and become high school, college, and hopefully professional athletes, that they are, are, that they are aware that their actions matter and that people are paying attention. And I just have a follow-up question in regards to the exhibit itself. Um, how long did it take you to gather the artifacts and what did you have to do in order to showcase the idea of um, slavery um, and hockey? It took us about a year to gather all of the artifacts. We had to figure out what our stories were going to be, and then we reached out to targeted individuals and institutions to help us share that story. And people were incredibly open and welcoming and, and giving in terms of donating things to the museum. So we're really excited that, that other people are excited about sharing these stories as well. Can we go in a little more in depth on that? What's a uh, standout notable story that you would say that you got from that gathering process? To me, the most important story that we see in the hockey case is really about slavery. It's about the legacies of slavery. And it's about taking a much more expansive look at what it means to be African-American. Because people all across the Western Hemisphere have been impacted by slavery, and their stories are part of our storytelling here in the museum. After he spoke to the media, I had a chance to talk one-on-one -on -one with Dr. Damian Thomas and his path to being a museum curator. Planned on studying sports and race, even when I was in a PhD program, and it was sort of midway through that program that I saw a cover of Sports Illustrated that really made me think about the larger cultural and social meaning of sports. And so, you know, what I did is I, I worked hard, um, pursued a PhD, and, and then opportunities began to pursue me in many ways. And so it is not something I started out to do, but um, I'm really glad that I ended up, ended up here. You look like somebody who does play sports. Is there a sport that you have a go-to or no? <laughs> it's, it's interesting. You, you know, um, well, I, when I was a kid, football was my favorite sport. But in some ways, the most important sport that I played was volleyball. And I'm from Los Angeles. I hear on the East Coast, they don't have a lot of men's volleyball teams and things like that. But the volleyball team was really important because it placed me in a peer group that was made up of people very different than me. And so it just exposed me to different worlds, different ways of thinking. And so I gained so much from participating in sports that it really helped, helped shape, um, shape my life in ways that I, I couldn't have imagined when I just started out playing a game. And so I think that, 
that really is is uh, one of the most important things of sports, the life lessons and the new people that, that you get to meet. And so that's, that, that's why I'd say volleyball is probably the most important sport that I play. What are some challenges or even some joyous moments when it comes to putting together exhibits like the one you have here about hockey? One of the, the challenges is that because we're talking about a story from the 1800s, is that so much of that history has been lost, the artifacts have been misplaced, and you know, sometimes people people didn't really see their their accomplishments in a much broader sort of sense. And so they didn't preserve the artifacts. And so finding the artifacts to help us share this story is is uh, the most challenging part of this job. For, I think, I don't know if you addressed this, but if for people who are not familiar with the exhibit, you know, what do you want them to take away from this? What I want people to take away is that sports matter, and that sports matter far beyond the playing field. I want people to think about how hockey can take us on a trip that takes us all the way back to slavery, to the contemporary moment. And there are points in time in history where hockey has a larger symbolic and social meaning than just a game that's played on the ice. And that's really what we try to uncover, is what does hockey tell us about what it means to be American, what it means to be Canadian, what it means to be African-American. Um, and, and those are the questions we try to answer through the sport. And the last question I have is in regards to, you know, when it comes to no basketball and all the main sports, but are you looking into how the other sports like field hockey or even, um, what is that, cricket, in which African-Americans had influence and have uh, continued today? What we try to do in the gallery is to focus in on the sports that have had the biggest impact in African-American history and culture. And so, you know, if you, you, you uh, think about the term curator, curate, it means to make selections. And sometimes you have to make hard selections. And so what we've done is really focus in on basketball, baseball, football, boxing, the Olympics, and to a smaller extent, golf, tennis, and hockey. And so while that means that there are other sports that don't get covered, we hope that what we've done in this space um, intrigues people, captivates people, and gets them to think about some of these things in a more comprehensive manner. Hi, I'm Austin. I'm from Bronx, New York as well. Excellent. So do you watch hockey or have any interest in hockey? Not really. Why do you not watch hockey? Um, mostly I just, I don't really watch sports in general. If I do, it's mostly women's sports, women's basketball mostly. Um, but other than that, not really. If you think, do you think if there were more people of color who were, you know, big names in hockey, would you watch it? Or even like if there was a female hockey team? Yeah, I think so because I feel like a lot of times um, when sports have more people of color in them or more people of color like based around sports, like basketball is like highly known for the people of color in the sport. I feel like um, it's more known because I feel like that's an outlet for students or people to see themselves in a kind of sport and to see like I can accomplish that and I want to do that if people have interests. Awesome.
awesome. There's actually a history with um, hockey and slavery. We actually had it in Canada. So do you think if people knew more about that, would they want to do um, get involved in hockey or even learn more about it? I feel like, yeah, I'll learn more about it for sure. Um, I also feel like sometimes people just like a sport because they like it, or sometimes people like a sport because of the history behind it and it represents something for them. So I feel like that's definitely, it, it can captivate people to come and try to watch hockey more or play hockey more, for sure. Dr. Damian Thomas continues his work as a curator of sports at the National Museum of African American History and Culture. Whenever you decide to visit Washington, D.C., be sure to stop at the museum and check out the Sports Leveling the Playing Field Gallery. There you will find that it covers the involvement of Black players in the early history of hockey, the role they played in modernizing American youth, and the growing number of Black hockey players in the NHL, featuring objects from the hockey veteran Joel Ward and fourth overall NHL draft pick Seth Jones. And if you cannot make a trip to D.C. just yet, be sure to watch the film Black Ice, which shows the history of Black people in hockey. I want to thank the National Museum of African American History and Culture for inviting me to the museum for this experience. Thanks to Dr. Damian Thomas for speaking about the hockey exhibit and his background as a museum curator. And last but not least, thanks to my cheerleader and supporter of the podcast, Nadella Nakobi. Music was provided by Scott Nice, Macchiato Funky, and Royalty Free Music. Be sure to subscribe and listen to this and other episodes on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Spreaker, SoundCloud, and now Amazon Music. And if you like the show, leave a review. And follow Paul Passbreak on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. The quote for this episode is by Willie O'Ree, the first Black NHL player. And this is from his induction into the Hockey Hall of Fame speech. When you return to your communities, take a look around, find a young boy or girl who needs the opportunity to play hockey and give it to them. You never know, they may make us dream. Thanks for listening.